0: to Alaska charity. And charity, a lot of times, is kind of misunderstood. You, you kind of think about it as the ding a ding 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 during Christmas time. The guy that's ringing the bell in the Santa Claus suit for the Salvation Army and, and other organizations, we think of that as charity. Well, let's look and see what the Bible says about charity. I want to lay some groundwork for this, so uh, before we get to the main passage where we'll stay, I want to look at Romans chapter 10 and verse 17. Romans chapter 10, And verse 17. Romans chapter 10 and verse 17. When you're there, say Amen. Amen. Okay, not enough people are there yet. Amen. Romans chapter 10 and verse 17. When you're there, say Amen. Amen. Okay, more of us are there now. So let's go to the Lord in prayer and ask Him to bless this message. Dear Lord, we thank You for this message from Your Word. We praise You for it. It's Your message. It's not mine. I'm just a messenger boy. Help me to preach in accordance with your will this morning, saying what you would have me to say, being led by the Spirit. Please forgive me for the wicked man I am at times. Help me to clear my mind and give it to you so that you can use it for your honor and glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Romans chapter 10 and verse 17. The Bible says, So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. You hear the word of God, the gospel specifically being preached, how Jesus Christ died for your sins, paid the penalty, went to hell, was buried, went to hell. He rose again the third day victorious over your sin. Death, hell, and the grave. You hear that, and you have faith in that. So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Now let's, let's go to James chapter 2 and verse 18. James chapter 2 and verse 18. And we're going somewhere with this. Just want to lay a little groundwork for us. A lot of people think that giving to charity is going to erase their sins. Some religions teach that. Well, what does the Bible say? Uh, James chapter 2, let's start in verse 17. Even so faith, if it hath not works, is dead being alone. Yea, a man may say, Thou hast faith, and I have works. Show me thy faith without thy works, and I will show thee my faith by my works. We see here that uh, we we prove to a lost and dying world our faith, a lot of them, by, by, by what they see in us. Christ in you, the hope of glory, not just for us, but they see Christ in us, and we, we're working out our salvation. People see the good works that we do, and they're attracted to the power of God that allows us to do those good things. We don't curse, we don't drink, we don't smoke, we don't go to places of ill repute. We do good to those, even when they do bad to us, we're doing good back to them. People see that, and they're attracted to Christ because of that. Um, let's go to Second uh, Peter chapter 1 and verse 5 through 7. So, Works do not save you, works come after salvation. You, you're proving to a lost and dying world your good works after salvation that you're saved. I'm saved, therefore I do good works. Second Peter, or I'm sorry, first Peter, no, no, second Peter chapter one, I'm getting confused here. Second Peter chapter one, second Peter chapter one in verse five. and beside this, giving All diligence, add to your faith. You're saved. You're a Christian. You can read the context here. He's talking to saved people. Add to your faith. You're already saved. You have a saving faith in Christ. Add to your faith virtue, to virtue knowledge, and to knowledge temperance, and to temperance patience, and to patience godliness, and to godliness brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness charity. We see that word charity, and now let's go... To First Corinthians chapter 13, charity. So charity is not something you do to get saved. You don't give an offering to the poor. Some religions teach that. Uh, where, I, where I preach, it's very common uh, for people to say, well, I've given this to those in need, so I'm probably going to get out of purgatory or hell quicker. Well, that's not what gets you out of purgatory or hell quicker. There's only one way. And that's getting your sins forgiven by the blood of Jesus Christ. Putting your faith and trust in Him. And now we're getting to the saved people that are here today, the folk that this meeting is primarily about, to stir you up about missions in Alaska. And charity. Charity. What about it? The Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 13 and verse 1, Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels and have not charity... I am become as sounding brass or a tinkling cymbal. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I could remove mountains and have not charity, I am nothing. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned, and have not charity, it profiteth me nothing. We see here, you know, I could go up to Joshua Penix. He's yawning right now. Everybody look at him. And I could tell him, oh, Brother Joshua, I'm going to prophesy for you, and I'm going to prophesy that you're going to marry a girl from Alabama, and she's going to be so buck teeth that she can eat a hamburger through a chain-link fence. Now, I know some girls from Alabama. I'm actually related to some of them. Lord bless them. And, 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 and you know, I could go up to him, but, but his problem's not getting married right now. His problem is, he's about starved to death. Did I do him any good? Oh, Brother Joshua, I'm going to prophesy in the future. Oh my goodness, you're going to eat so many hamburgers, and it's going to be a blessing to you, and you're going to be all right, brother. So just look forward to the future, okay? Amen, amen. Put your dollar in the offering plate, too. Did that help him at all? Not a bit, not a bit. And you know, there's so many preachers, we call them televangelists, they're going around preaching a prosperity gospel, and such as this, That if you give everything to God, He's going to give more and more and more and more and you're just going to get so rich and you're going to be a millionaire just like me and I bought these things with gold watches and Rolexes and things and I got gold fillings with your money that you gave to the church and it's because God's prospered me because I gave. That's not charity. That is not charity. That's faith. And people see right through it. Charity, charity is not just physical works. It's not just doing something to help someone in their time of need. Uh, I don't know about you, but have you ever tried to help someone when you didn't really love them? When they had done something wrong to you, and you're doing it not out of a right spirit, but out of maybe duty. Because you think you have to. God expects it of you. Other Christians are watching, so you'd better help that person. You'd better give something to that homeless person. And, and force a smile on your face. But there's no love in it. There's no love in it. And charity, I've heard many definitions. You should try and look it up. There's so many definitions of it out there. And you know, the, Oh, there's a great theological argument about uh, charity in the Greek and the Latin and all these things and what it really means. But one of the best best definitions I ever heard was by Mrs. Mary Middlebrooks, the lady who taught me, Uh, once I got saved in a little one-room school, is basically, you love someone, so you act on it. Your love brings about an action. Love in action. And it's always stuck with me. You don't just help them because you have to, or you want to impress someone, or you think you're getting brownie points with God and rewards in heaven. You help them because of the Christian love that you have, that you got from God, who loved you. You know, when you go out and try and help people without having love for them, it's like an annoying brass band. I, I, you know, One of the most annoying sounds to me in the world is, uh, uh, what, what's those really deep uh, instruments, those brass instruments? Tromb- trombone? It's like the ones that they play at the German festivals. That's just one of the most annoying things to me. And when you're going out and you're trying to help someone who's homeless and you don't love them, but you're just doing it to get brownie points with God or there's other Christians watching or I better give that person a track and they look really hungry and pastors watching so I'll slip a 20 in it and make sure he sees it. That's not charity. That's just a dead work. You didn't put any faith or love into that. Your faith if you have true faith in God as a Christian, it's going to beget the love of God. Your, your bowels of compassion, just like God had compassion on you as a sinner, that's going to come out in your day-to-day interactions with a lost and dying world. Or a tinkling cymbal. And though I have the gift of all prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I could remove mountains and have not charity, I am nothing. Nothing. You know you, you, you can you can come to a village, you could come visit us in St Mary's, and if you don't love the people there, they know it Amen. and you can preach the gospel till you're blue in the face, but all they're going to remember is the time that you had opportunity to help them, maybe unload their moose quarters out of their boat, and you didn't do it, the time you could have went to their house and sat down and had coffee with them, and maybe you notice a bed bug crawling on their sleeve and they noticed it too and they've seen you get squeamish and you, you thought of an excuse. And they will always remember that. And it will come between you and them and preaching the gospel. You are nothing to them without charity. Without love, your actions mean nothing. Charity is, is, is a lot like what we, we read about earlier. Faith cometh by hearing. Uh... Works come by exercising your faith. Charity comes by mixing the love you say you have with works. But the love has to come before the works, not vice versa. You'll never lead anyone to the Lord by going up to them and they know you don't like them. There's no love in what you're doing. But you did the work. You gave them a gospel tract. I'm glad God didn't come to us like that. Verse 3, And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned and have not charity, it profits me nothing. I mean, we're talking about a missions conference here and, 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 and giving money and giving funds towards missions in Alaska. And, and I've seen people at times sell dozens of guns to give to missions uh, uh, to pay for a specific need or to pay for their, their faith promise throughout the year. I've seen people... Donate vehicles. Sell them. I give this to the church. Sell it and give the money to missions. But you know what? Doing all that without love is nothing. It won't do you any good. Either here on earth or up in heaven. You're not going to lead anybody to the Lord by saying, I donated. Did you hear? I donated. This $3,000 hunting rifle right here. It's got a... Beautiful. Oh, it's so crystal clear, the scope. Leopold, it's not a very x 2 That's for peons. This, this is one of those high-class Leopolds, you know. This, this rifle, you wouldn't imagine the groups it can get at 2,000 yards. I tell you what. You can shoot a hair off of a gnat at 2,000 yards with this rifle. And I gave that to God. I really, I really sacrificed so I could give the missions. You got your reward here on Earth. Let's go to Luke chapter 21 just briefly, and we'll be right back. But Luke chapter 21 and verse 1. Luke chapter 21 and verse 1. And he looked up and saw the rich men casting their gifts into the treasury. And he saw also a certain poor woman casting in thither two mites. And he said, Of a truth I say unto you, that this poor widow hath cast in more than they all. For all these have of their abundance cast into the offerings of God, but she of her penury hath cast in all the living that she had. And Christ, as he always does, is bringing this to a spiritual thing. Out of their abundance, they sat down and they figured, I can give this much and it won't hurt or cramp my style of living. Out of the abundance that I have, This would be a good amount to make me look good in the eyes of man as I cast it into the box where everyone can see it and the coins rattle around loudly that's silver and gold, you know. And yet this woman, she no doubt, she's, Lord, you want me to give this? This is all I have. Yes, Lord, I'm willing. You see, charity is not just the physical works. If it was all about physical works, those rich men would have had more reward than her. But, they weren't the ones that were being lauded by the Lord. It was her. But she of her penury hath cast in all the living that she had. Let's read verses four through seven in First Corinthians chapter 13. And this is where charity, the rubber, meets the road right here. First Corinthians chapter 13, verses four through seven. You see, charity, there's a lot of spiritual, emotional things that go into charity. It's not just physical things. You've got to mix both of them together. You can't just have the works. You can't just have the love and say, I love you. I'm, man, I feel so burdened for you. Praying everything works out good. We'll see you later. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 13, verse 4, Charity suffereth long and is kind. This is not a physical act right here. This is, this, this, it, it comes out in a physical, fleshly act if you don't do this. But this is something you determined on the inside, led by the Spirit of God as a saved person. You're going to put up with whatever this person just did to you and show them love and is kind. You know, one of my faults as an individual is I have a sharp tongue sometimes and, and I like to pick at people and, and, and sometimes it's in fun and, and then sometimes when they make me mad, it's not. And this, this verse right here gets me. Suffereth long and is kind. What about the people that here in Alaska, uh, you say, well, they're, they're not like me. They're, they're a different race. They're a different class. They're a, a different community. I have nothing in common with these people. Why should I be kind to them? The love of Christ constraineth us. Charity vaunteth not itself, is not puffed up. If you think you're going to come out to St. Mary's and parade around, and I'm a great Christian, and I've come out to you poor people in St. Mary's, and I'm a great messenger from God, and I'm going to get the gospel to you, no, no you're not. You're going to hurt the work of Christ in the hearts of lost people there. You're going to hinder the ministry there if you come out with this attitude, being puffed up, just spreading abroad. I came out here, and and, and, you know, Brother Israel, he's going to have a a, a wild game supper, and I brought this white-tailed deer. I did it. I mean, I shot this thing. I I could have ate it. It's my favorite meat. But I brought it. And you know, he, he always does some kind of giveaway at the wild game supper, and I brought the gift for that too. It cost me $200. It was a really nice gift. I could have kept it, but I brought it. That's not love towards people you're trying to reach for Christ. And I've had people do things like that. And it didn't just make me sick. It didn't just make the lost people we're trying to minister to sick and show them that that person's not, they're a hypocrite. Pastor, he preached out there, when you quench the... Spirit of God. And it grieves God. It, it makes God sick attitude like that. That is not char- charity. You're vaunting. You're, you're puffing up yourself. Verse 5, Does not behave itself unseemly. Seeketh not her own. Uh, you know, that, that's something that, that uh, I've really, as pastors will call me, And the first thing out of their mouth is moose hunt, moose hunt, moose hunt, moose hunt, moose hunt, moose hunt. And then, oh, and I'll preach for you while I'm there, Brother Israel. Okay. All right. Let me pray about this for about a second. You know, the Lord said no, Brother. I'm sorry. I've got so many things going on during that. Speaketh not her own. What's our motivation for missions, whether it's giving to missions, or whether it's actually doing some act of charity, going to St. Mary's, going to Unalakleet, going to uh, these other places that, that we have missionaries here in Alaska for? What's our heart in what we're doing? God knows our heart. He knows the intents, the thoughts of our heart. The Bible says, Rejoiceth. Well, let's go to verse 5. Doth not behave itself unseemly. Seeketh not her own. Is not easily provoked. thinketh no evil. You know what? Satan, when you're trying to do an act of charity, he's going to provoke you not to. You'll be right in the middle of trying to do something for someone that's lost. And something in their culture is going to aggravate you. Or something that they as an individual and, and they're... Personality, they're they're rude to you. They 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 cuss you out. And you're right in the middle of doing something for them. They come up and accuse you falsely of something that you've not done. It's easy for me. I, I have a temper. I'm I'm easily provoked. Am I going to continue doing that act with love for them? That act of charity? helping them out with their roof, patching it up after the storm, trying to get their boat unsunk during a storm, and and then having them get irritated with the situation and snap at the little thing and start cussing me out when I didn't do anything. That's happened. That happened just recently. Are we going to continue helping them with love? Letting our love show forth by our work for them? Charity? Or are we just going to keep doing it just, oh, just wait till I get back and can tell Rebecca what they did to me. Well, I was helping them, and you don't lose your temper with them in front of them, but back in private. Mm. Verse six rejoiceth not in iniquity, but rejoiceth in the truth. And this kind of goes back to the thing: thinketh no evil. You know, a lot of times we're trying to do something for someone and. Maybe I'm approaching this from the wrong way, but then they do something very wicked in return. And instead of praying for them, being concerned about that, we're just licking our chops where we can get to the next Christian and tell them, I did this good work for this person and they did this back to me and in spite of it all, I still pray for them. Do you rejoice in the iniquity of the people you're trying to reach? I I mean, I've seen some missionaries like that. I've seen some people come out to St. Mary's and And some of the culture, it's different from their culture. And rather than trying to reach the people out of love, they're just writing stories down that they can tell back in their Sunday school, or back to their family, or back to their church. Of these people did this to me. It was wicked. It was it was such a bad thing. You know, I've never seen anything like that in all my living days. Bless their hearts. It's like you were licking your chops waiting for something like that so you could have some new thing to talk about when you got back home. Rather than helping those people out, spiritually, you're dragging them down. You're pushing them further away from Christ with your attitude, your uncharitable attitude. Beareth all things, believeth all things, hopeth all things, endureth all things. Verse 7. This is one of the hardest verses in all the Bible for me. It's very prevalent out there for girls to be raped. And that's a hard thing for me, not to shoot someone over. Especially when it's one of the girls coming to church. My wife was gone, my family was gone to the lower 48. This this happened. And and I didn't know what to do about it. And I literally went and and buried my guns 25 miles up the river. Because I didn't know what I would do to that man if I saw him. I didn't want to go witness to him. He should just die in his sins and go to a devil's hell is what he should have happen to him. That was my attitude. And it was wrong. Now, I had the counsel with a pastor. I called him up crying. I couldn't sleep at night over it. Beareth all things, believeth all things, hopeth all things, endureth all things. It's hard for me to believe that that man could get saved. It's even harder for me to hope it when I don't have love like God has in my heart. And I prayed with Pastor and he prayed for the man and this is what we determined upon Pastor and several other of my pastors that I've had in the past that they would pray for the man and I would go witness to him. And if he didn't choose the gospel that God would either cut him off from the earth, or cut them off from the community as God saw fit. That wasn't my job to do it. He said, brothers, you're crazy thinking things like that. Well, that's me. That's why I'm coming. I'm just putting it out there for you to see. I had to get a hold of this first and get a hold with God before I went and met with that man. Because I had to believe that he could get saved if he chose to. And I had to hope that he did. I had to look forward to it it could happen one day. You see, why we're not effective in the ministry and missions in Alaska is because we really don't have true charity. The love of God's not coming out of us like it should in our actions. I had to get along with God and fast and pray and seek his face and ask forgiveness for my wicked attitude towards that man. And then I went to him. Knowing that I was taking the gospel. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. I had the message that man needed to hear. I'd love to tell you he got saved. He didn't. He refused it. He said, I'm good. I'm good. It's just me and my boy. I'm good with that. Very hard-hearted. Later on, as the preachers were praying that he would get saved, or if he chose not to, because of the continual sinning he was doing in regards to that certain sin and the threats he was making against girls all the time, that he would be cut off out of the community or even from this world. He he rolled his Honda, his little boy, the one that he said, I'm good. Just me and my boy. That's what brings me joy in my life and distracts me from the sin and the guilt that I have when I sleep at night. My boy. He rolled his Honda and he hurt his boy. He was drunk. And now he's in, he's in jail. He's not, the Lord didn't kill him. The Lord was gracious. He can still get saved. Do I keep hoping he will? Do I keep believing he will? A gospel tract from this church could very well get into that man's hands. Just like we heard testimony. Uh, I think it was Brother Penix. He, he met a man who got witnessed to, preached to in the jails here in, in Anchorage. and he got saved in the village. Our actions... Behind that, on the inside, we've made a spiritual decision whether that action is going to be perceived by a lost and dying world as true charity, love and action, or if we're just trying to make ourselves look good in the sight of man. For our own appeasement of our self, thinking we're laying up treasures in heaven when we're not. We're getting our reward here on earth when we're out there holy rolling. Trying to get people to see what we're doing. Beareth all things. You know, there's another man in the village. He's he's gotten drunk before, and he's came and, and just trying to beat the door down, threatening to, to, to hurt my family very badly, specifically in, in, in ways. And you know, I built a, a bar on the door on the inside, and I'm sitting on the other side with my shotgun. And I'm just sitting there and I'm crying and I'm praying for this man. I, Lord, I don't want to shoot this man. If I shoot him, he's going to hell. I want to see him get saved. Don't let him break in the door, Lord. I know some people who would brag about that. I shot him. He was threatening my family. He was trying to break in the door. You know when you shoot someone, they're probably lost but they're going to go to hell. The Lord kept him from breaking the door down in his drunken state. And I still pray for that man. What are you willing to bear to see souls get saved here in Alaska? If you've got the love of God in your heart, you say you're a Christian. If you really are, you need to let that come out in the worst of situations. Let's go to 1 John chapter 3 and verse 18. 1 John chapter 3 and verse 13. Or 18. 1 John chapter three, eighteen. My little children, let us not love in word, neither in tongue, but in deed and in truth. You're going to be known by your deeds, whether they're true and of God, or whether it's just a false sense of charity that you have, that you're promoting in your own mind, perhaps, trying to impress others, Certainly not impressing God. And lost people see right through the fakeness of your charity. The Bible says in 1 John chapter 4, and verse 7, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, and everyone that loveth is born of God and knoweth God. He that loveth not knoweth not God, for God is love. In this was manifested the love of God toward us, because that God sent His only begotten Son into the world that we might live through Him. Herein is love, not that we love God, but that He loved us, and sent His Son to be the propitiation for our sins. Verse 19, We love Him because He first loved us. You know what you're going to have to present to the world with your charity? Is that it's real? And that's you're coming to them not expecting... Anything. You know, God's love, we didn't deserve it, and yet He gave it freely. Are we giving our love the same way? Do we expect something in return? We love Him because He first loved us. Do lost people love to see you come around because they know that you love them in spite of their sin? And you're trying to reach them because you love God and you really believe that they have a soul that's worth saving? You know, a lot of people, and there's, there's a lady in the village right now, uh, uh, keeps texting my wife. She really doesn't believe she's worth saving. And yet we keep trying to give her the hope that she is. Yes, Jesus Christ did die for you. No, you're not meant to be forever and eternity a child of Satan. You can become a child of God because God loves you and we love you too. And we want to see you get saved. She spread rumors about us. She's said bad things about us. But you know, that doesn't matter... In the big scope of things. In eternity, it's not going to matter. We're not going to sit up there in heaven. She said that about me about a million years ago, you know, and I still remember that. Why should it matter right now? We should love them no matter what. Let's go back to 1 Corinthians chapter 13 and verse 8. Charity never faileth. It never faileth. If someone can see that you really do love them and that act you did for them, you're you're not trying to get anything personal out of it. You really just love them and wanted to do it for them because God loved you, saved you from your sins, and you're trying to give that to them? You're trying to show them the love of God and you. Charity never faileth. But whether they be prophecies, they shall fail. I sure hope my prophecy about Brother Joshua fails. He gets a beautiful wife. Uh there Believe all things. Hope with all things. Charity never fails. But whether there be prophecies, they shall fail. Whether there be tongues, they shall cease. Whether there be knowledge, it shall vanish away. You know, you can know so much about your Bible, but if you don't have love, how are you going to impart that knowledge of a God who's mighty to save to a lost and dying world? Verse 9, for we know in part, and we prophesy in part, but when that which is perfect is come, then that which is in part shall be done away. When I was a child, I spake as a child, I understood as a child, I thought as a child, but when I became a man, I put away childish things. For now we see through a glass darkly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, but then shall I know, even as also I am known. Charity... The love that's the motivation for the works when you put them both together, the charity that comes out of a true Christian will last in the hearts of man. If you do something for someone out of a pure heart, loving them just like Christ loved you when you was unlovable, no matter what they've done to you, and they realize that, they will remember that for the rest of their lives. God will remember it. Yes, there is rewards for doing right after you get saved. God's going to set our works on spiritual fire. All the things we did out of pride to impress others, because we had to, those are going to go up in smoke. But the ones we did out of a pure heart, showing the love of Christ through an act of kindness to someone as simple as giving them a glass of water on a hot day. God took notice of that. We see here that it talks about, when that whats perfect has come. I challenge you, and we're not going to go there. Go to First John, look up, study out perfect love, the perfect love of God, and how it applies to us, and then try and emulate that in your day-to-day actions with a lost and dying world. Let's go to Matthew chapter five. And verse forty-three, Matthew chapter 5 and verse 43. Matthew chapter 5 and verse 43. Ye have heard that it hath been said, Thou shalt love thy neighbor and hate thine enemy. But I say unto you, love your enemies, bless them that curse you, do good for them that hate you, and pray for them which despitefully use you and persecute you that ye may be the children of your Father which is in heaven. For he maketh his Son to rise on the evil and on the good, and sendeth rain on the just and on the unjust.
1: For if ye love them
0: which love you, what reward have ye? What what if you go to people just like you? What what if the only good things you ever do in life is for people in this church? The Bible says, what reward have ye? Do not even the publicans the same? I mean the lowest of the low, those those publicans, those tax collectors, special tax collectors of the Romans. They treat their friends good. They give them money that they took unjustly from other people, those publicans. Okay? Their friends love them for that until they quit giving them money. And if ye salute your brethren only, what? Do ye more than others? Do not even the publicans so? Be ye therefore perfect, even as your Father which is in heaven is perfect. I know there's sin in this world, and it makes for an imperfect world. But you know what? When we show the love of God, which is perfect, and it comes out of us, out of a pure heart, it shows them a perfect God, who loves them, has pleasure in the prosperity of His servants, Love for good things to happen to them. It shows them that they don't have to stay in sin and the consequences of it in this lifetime. For now we see through a glass darkly, verse 12 out of chapter 13. You know, we don't always realize what every act of charity we do, the effect it has here. We're just seeing dimly with this earthly body when we can get it under control and make it do what God says and have a joyful attitude about it. We don't know the effect we're going to have that can be an eternal effect, but one day we will. One day we will be in heaven. One day we're going to see we helped that person on the side of the road replace their flat tire and we gave him a track. And that person, because of the act of kindness, they happened to read the track. And they got saved. We're going to see that that person, their snow machine was broken down on the trail. And you get an inreach message. That that inreach y'all got me is a curse and a blessing. It interrupts a lot of sleep. Could you come get me? My snow machine broke down. I'm 120 miles from St. Mary's. I'll just ignore that and go back to it. What about our motives? Are we really Christians? Are we really going to help people out. And then later, that person gets saved. Because you got up, it was 20 below, you got ready in the middle of the night, you got all your gear together, you got blankets and, and sleeping bags and food and thermoses of coffee and sweet tea, hot sweet tea. You got to take that on an emergency trip. You got to be charitable with someone. Give them some sweet tea, hot sweet tea. You don't give them black coffee. Lord help. And you go... And you you get them, you get there, they're cold, they're starting to get hypothermic, you build a fire, you get them in a sleeping bag, you feed them some hot food, give them some hot drink, and then you pull them back. If you have the right attitude about it, and you don't be a grouch when you get there, which could happen with me, I confess, they're going to remember that. It's going to affect their thoughts towards you and towards the God that you serve. Because what made you do that? When all the other friends that they texted wouldn't do it. All the other tough villagers, I mean, they don't wrestle a polar bear, uh, Wolverine down. But they wouldn't get out of bed to go help one of their friends. What do you have that's different? The love of Christ constraineth us. If you take the love of God in you, and you put it out in your actions with a pure heart, it can have an effect on people here in Alaska, especially people that might be a different skin color than you. Especially people that might be a different class than you, might not have as much money than you. They might be richer than you and you did an act of kindness for them. You spent money. It's hard for me to get in the mind of a rich man. But I saw a preacher one time down in Mexico. He saw a rich man that was in need. And this rich man couldn't meet his need. And he went and He he didn't have any money with him at this time for some reason. The missionary went and spent quite a bit of pesos to get this man's vehicle fixed for him out in the middle of nowhere. And it blew that rich man's mind. And he thought about it. And he thought about it. And he couldn't get over the fact that this poor missionary, this gringo from America, spent money that he really didn't have on my car when he could have just left me there. And months later, he came back to that missionary. What, what made you do that? And he was able to tell him about the love of God. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. What are we giving out? A rotten, stinking testimony? Or are we giving out the love of Christ? Charity, love and action. Dear Lord, we thank You for the people here.